Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Crown Corner recap of Real Salt Lake. Will Pelagic, Jessica Charman here with you. Charlotte FC loses 3-1 to Real Salt Lake on the road. Uh, hope everybody had a happy Easter who's listening out there on the Crown Corner podcast. Uh, we took uh, yesterday off to uh, not only observe the holiday, but uh, hope that maybe 24 extra hours would maybe kind of heal a little bit of the wounds from what happened on Saturday night where a, a six-minute surge by Salt Lake ended up doing the crown in. Jess, uh, a lot of people have been asking me what the issue is, and I feel like it's a lot of the same kind of thing. You know, the, the back line has had its alarm bells. I think the midfield uh, has also shown some wear and not necessarily had the same kind of, of grit and toughness that we're used to seeing. And while they did get a goal in the 27th minute, I just feel like the team's inability to create on anything other than transitions or counters, I, I think is something that's incredibly glaring right now. I don't know how you would surmise uh, some of your observations, but th those are just mine off the jump. Well, firstly, didn't work. I'm not healed. I'm still feeling extremely disappointed about the way that the match went down on Saturday night. Uh, and I think, as you said, Will, part of that goes from the fact that you've got a lead in a game against a very, very struggling opposition that should have been low in confidence, that looked low in confidence during that first half and you weren't able to capitalise and put the game to bed, which is one of the things we talked about being a must-do for this Charlotte FC side because they haven't been able to put games to bed. They haven't been able to put together 90-minute performances and yet again, we're unable to do so. I think actually 1-0 at halftime flattered us considerably if it wasn't for... George Marks putting in a world-class first-half performance. The quality of those saves, absolutely incredible. It would have been a different story in the first half as well. I think that you mentioned, Will, the midfield and the defence. Uh, I think our midfield was the biggest issue in this game. It felt like Ralph Salt Lake dominated the midfield and we weren't able to control the ball to get it down, to link up, to to really show any fight in that middle of the park. And it was a real, real struggle. It was an upsetting performance. I know the boys will be upset in themselves, but it's hard as a pundit, it's hard as a fan not to be disappointed as well when you lose a game that, again, on paper, and we know how MLS is, we know how difficult every game can be and how results are unpredictable, but you've got to be RSL with how they were doing in terms of their form. Uh, I think you absolutely do. And and something that struck me right at the, at the start was, was seeing the lineup. And, and you know me, I am the biggest Brant Bronico fan in the world, but I had issues with the fact that Christian Latanzio uh, took Derek Jones, who I think is a real defensive stalwart in that number six position, and put Bronico in there off of the one-game suspension. And I think we all were hoping that Brant would return to uh, the guy we saw last year who was very, very strong and I think played, uh, I don't want to say over his head, but I think just played incredibly well in that position. It was a very natural thing for him throughout the season until he had to be placed into a attacking midfield position because of a necessity out of uh, injuries that were happening and ineffectiveness that was happening to other players across the board. But uh, for whatever reason, putting him back in that role 
It did not work against Real Salt Lake, and I almost wonder, you know, what did Derek Jones do to deserve being dropped from the lineup? I, I don't think he did deserve to be dropped from the lineup, and I think you so you noticed his absence very candidly during the contest on Saturday. I think you're right, and listen, players go through ebbs and flows in forms, right? And I think Brant Bronico right now is going through a very struggling patch of form. And we can't forget the player that Brant Bronico is. We know he's got it in him. He was absolutely incredible. And there's a reason mm -hmm. why he's the only player to feature in every single game in that inaugural season because of how good he was. This 2023 season has been a really tough start for Brant. And I'm not sure what's causing it right now. And we just need him to get back to the Brant that we know. But Without Derek Jones on the field, we lost that calming presence. We know that he's good defensively, but I think what Derek Jones offers to a team as well is he's an outlet that's so comfortable with the ball at his feet. He's able to distribute. He's able to create connectivity between the defensive line and the midfield. We talked a lot about how it felt like the midfield and the defense had gaps, that it had no ability to kind of link up and find each other. And I think we were missing Derek Jones and the patterns that he's enables when he plays by being that calming, connecting player that's able to move the ball through the different lanes of your team. And we just didn't have that. And it was just a shame that we saw Derek Jones dropped out of the lineup. And I think that we've seen now, even when DJ's not having his best game, because I don't think DJ's been perfect either, his presence is still unmatched from any other player. There have been a lot of people who watch this club that have questioned the tactics of manager Christian Latanzio, and, and I don't want to be somebody who who tries to throw you know a pitchfork that way or or be somebody who's who's trying to do that. But uh, I'm wondering what changes, if any, we might see to the game model. I know that's a very very hard thing to do in season, and I, I understand that. As a manager, you have to be adaptable and amenable to to what your personnel is. But uh, I think that we've reached a point with this particular formation that uh, I don't know if the personnel that we have on the side right now, at least currently, is fitting the game model that they're trying to play. Yeah, and I mean, then we saw us try to move to a back three, back five, right, with Derek Jones slotting in at center back. And that didn't really work either. I think we just looked like deers in headlights is the way I can put it. And it's understandable. I've been on teams that have led away, a, you know, a lead and it, it can shock you a little bit. And I think, unfortunately, we really crumbled in that game. And I, I don't think the change in formation, I don't think the subs either. It, it surprised me because a great high point is a player like Brandon Cambridge making his debut. That was a cool moment after a success in Crown Legacy. But at the same time, was that the right moment to bring in youngsters? Chris Haygart, Brandon Kett, were they the players off of the bench that we needed to see in terms of allowing them a chance to thrive? I I'm not so sure. It felt kind of unfair to put them into that scenario. But again, we're not coaches. And I never want to come across, like you said, where there's pitchfork wielding or trying to think that we know better because obviously we're not as qualified as the coaching staff. But it no. felt like the substitutions didn't have the impact that they were aiming to have. And, and I think that's kind of, you, you hit the nail on the head. Their qualifications are, are much greater than, than ours. Most definitely mine. You, you, you have a little bit more of a qualification than I do. And I'll, I'll let you speak to that, but uh, way, way more qualified than me. And from that aspect, like I said, I, I don't want to sound like we're coming off as, as hypercritical, but I, I do feel like, you're sitting here after six matches at one, four, and two, and you have a fan base that 
I think, has expected more. Uh, they were told that coming into this season, moves were made, money was spent. Uh, Enzo Capetti, while he's had two goals, I think has made, unfortunately, uh, more noise with some of the other things. We saw the uh, the interaction between him and I think it was uh, Camille or somebody else on the on the field uh, there at the end of the contest with the you know lack of communication or miscommunication, and, and it seemed like uh, there was definitely some some hairy moments in the, in the negative that have taken place there. And, you know, unfortunately, Ashley Westwood has gotten hurt. We feel terrible about that because he's somebody I felt like we counted on as being a real key part. And it's not his fault that he got injured, but uh, that's something that has unfortunately gone by the wayside for Charlotte. And uh, there's a lot of frustration, but I think we also have to understand and note that if there's frustration from the fan base, I, I can't imagine what they're feeling right now in the training room because, I feel like there's probably a lot of guys who are down bad right now because of how we played, because I know that they know they're capable of more. Yeah, I think that no one's critiquing the score lines and the results and performances more than the players themselves, right? Like, it would be foolish for anyone to say that they're not trying. Like, they're 100% trying. It's just not working right now. And teams go through these patches, but the best teams are able to adjust. The best teams are able to figure out what's going wrong, what they need to change, what needs to be different. And like I say, we can go through ebbs and flows of forms, but it's about time now. We've kind of become very repetitive in the errors that we're making. And I think that, yes, we had a resurgence in the three games unbeaten, but it felt like some old habits sort of creep back in in this RSL game and they need to be stomped out as we come back at home in front of an incredible crowd because... Yes, we keep talking about it, but the crowd at Bank of America Stadium is incredible. And they have yet to have a result that they truly deserve in front of them. And they need to get that this weekend, Willie P. And I also feel like, you know, we, we talked about the three matches unbeaten. Uh, I, I don't want to ever accuse complacency of a side like that because I think that, you know, this is a, a league that... Uh, doesn't reward complacency. It rewards teams that that play with an edge and that play uh, with a, a will to win every week and every week and out. And I think this team does have a will to win. But I wonder if if maybe those couple of comeback opportunities where they came back to get points maybe lured Charlotte FC into a bit of a false sense of security because I do feel like fr- from their standpoint, uh, once the the warning signs came up here in that in that second half. Uh, there wasn't the urgency to try and stamp out the fire. And unfortunately, it, it turned into a conflagration. Yeah. And I mean, I think that we maybe underestimated the opposition a little bit too, quite frankly, to be able to give up as many shots as RSL had in the game. It was inexcusable for George Marks to have to make that many saves. And they were just beating us down. And it just felt like we didn't go into this one maybe as alert as we needed to be. And you're right, Will. The reaction after conceding one goal, after conceding two goals, and finally after conceding three goals, just didn't seem to quite be there enough in terms of we had praised the mentality so much. And I think the mentality did deserve a praise over the last three games before this one because it was fantastic. But unfortunately, it wasn't there uh, against uh, RSL. Charlotte FC this week takes on a Colorado side that uh, they drew in their only matchup with them a year ago. Uh, They played at altitude uh, last year in uh, Commerce City or in in, uh, in Colorado, I should say, in Boulder. And uh, we'll see whether or not Charlotte FC can get themselves back a uh, potential victory the other way. But uh, the second most shots surrendered in a contest, uh, Orlando was the uh, was the high point last uh uh, two week, two games ago, I should say, from their shots that they had, majority of them were in the second half in that fourth game for Shaw and FC. Uh, the 17 that they put on net did RSL uh, was the second most that Charlotte FC had conceded. And I think 
uh, that comes back to a point that they'll probably talk about during the week, Jess, is that uh, less opportunities need to come the way of the goalkeeper because uh, George Marks can have a, a hero's half. And I think that's the one thing that unfortunately goes uh, unnoticed and unheralded because he did have probably one of the better halves we've seen of goalkeeping in the opening half. But uh, there isn't much to show for it because of the fact that, that there were too many opportunities let the other way from, from RSL. And that's something that the, uh, the crown will have to go through this week to try and figure out. I'm going to go out there and say I think it's the best half the goalkeeper's had for Charlotte FC, wearing a Charlotte FC jersey because the quality of the saves, the variety of the saves. Uh, unfortunately, most people aren't thinking about that, and I get it 100%. Let's be honest. The result is uh, a shocker, so you're not going to think about the positives. But George was fantastic, but he shouldn't have to be that good in goal. The, the shots were unopposed. It felt like we weren't stepping to the ball. We weren't closing things down. We were giving away too many looks. And a lot of our looks in other games had come from the fullbacks uh, pinching in and being out of position and teams crossing it to that back post and cutting it back in. It didn't feel like that was why we were giving up shots. It felt like we were giving that shots right down our throats from the middle mm. of the park. And that, again, to me, points at the midfield and the defensive line being, uh, you know, disconnected. Charlotte FC and Colorado later on this week. We will preview that contest with a later Crown Corner podcast. We're also uh, coming up in the middle part of the week. We're going to talk about the amazing start for Crown Legacy. Another win over the weekend. Uh, they did so on Easter Sunday up in Montclair, New Jersey, defeating New York Red Bulls 2-3-1. to one. Their captain, David Pareba, is going to join Jess and I. So be looking for that uh, on the midweek here as we get you ready for uh, another great day for them. And uh, it's been great to see those young Youngsters uh, play very well. I know I watched a little bit of the game on Sunday as well. A couple of assists from Adam Armour. And and I know, Jess, uh, this is why having crowd legacy is very imperative because you see a guy like a Brandon Cambridge and you see uh, other players step up and, and have their contests and have their games. And, and this could be a really inspiring tool to help a squad like Charlotte FC who is, has found themselves on harder times because it keeps the edge with the team, especially with the guys who continue to train with the first team throughout the week. Yeah, it was great to see. And I think that's one sort of pinch of salt that we can have right now is that our second string team is doing so well. And that's a great sign to have. It's also going to keep the guys in the first team on their toes in terms of knowing that there's players behind them. And hopefully that will push the level of our first team players. And if not, we'll know that we've got players that have minutes under themselves in MLS Next Pro that are ready to come in and play with heart, with passion. You mentioned Adam Armour. That's so good to see. The quality of the service on the goals was brilliant. And it feels like Adam Armour is starting to get back into a more confident role, which is a great news for all Charlotte FC fans, obviously scoring the first goal and then having that horrific injury that's kept him out since. And I just think that for the Charlotte FC fans that are down, watch your Crown Legacy game because it will put a smile back on your face. That's 100%. And we will talk again to David Pereira midweek, and we will preview Colorado and hopefully uh, the start of a turnaround for the Crown coming up this weekend at home. Be sure, once again, also, if you are a subscriber to MLS Season Pass, you can listen to us uh, for that game on Saturday via the languages feature. Just select home radio and we'll be uh, coming through your ears amongst the pretty pictures against Colorado and we'll talk more about them later on this week and talk to Dave Pareba and Jess I will talk to you uh, later on this week. Talk to them Willie P. Thanks for everything. Thank you so much for listening to Crown Corner.